Hey there, non-sayers, and welcome to Non-Say Weekly, your go-to spot for the latest movie and TV updates. I'm your host, Priscilla, and I've got a sizzling lineup for you this week. From the latest blockbuster to the hidden gems, we've got it covered. So grab your popcorn, settle in, and let's spend some quality time together. Let's dive into what's been heating up our screens this week. We're talking latest releases, trailers, and box office news. So firstly, Oppenheimer. Yes, we're still talking about Oppenheimer because it's broken a major box office record. So let's get into it. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer has been in the box office for eight weeks and breaks a huge box office record as it nears one million dollars. Collider says the Oppenheimer box office surpassed the 910 million previously set by Bohemian Rhapsody, another fantastic movie just as a side note, which makes Oppenheimer the highest grossing biographical movie of all time. Now, having watched Oppenheimer opening weekend, I think it is a really well-deserved record for it to break. It really does depend on your style of movie and if you are into biographies and sort of true dramas uh, which is what this is and also whether you are a fan of Christopher Nolan. Now the film itself follows the story of the atomic bomb and when it was built and the team around that. It follows the story of Oppenheimer who was the person who basically ended up delivering on that bomb and his ties with uh, politics at the time and people who he was associated with which led to this trial in which they believed he may have been committing crimes against America. So it covers that entire sort of timeline of what happened, his success, but as well as what ended up being his downfall. Now, I watched this on the same weekend as Barbie um, and both equally good films. I didn't really quite understand the comparison with both films versus one another. I, I guess the fact that they both happen to come out at the same time is the only thing these films have in common. But with that being said, Oppenheimer is a great movie. Uh, if you love Christopher Nolan, it is fantastic in that. It has these visuals and these sounds that you only get in Christopher Nolan films. So it's fantastic in that sense. It is three hours long. So if you don't like Christopher Nolan and you don't like biographies, don't go to watch it because you will be bored. But if you do like those two things combined, definitely watch it. It's fantastic. If you've already watched it, as most of the world has, drop it in the comments and let me know what you think. Now, most Christopher Nolan films I watch several times, like Interstellar. What a fantastic movie. Absolutely one of my all-time favorites. I've watched it many, 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 many times. Would I watch this film many, many, many times? Probably not. It's great. It has everything that I like about a Christopher Nolan film. However, because it's a true story, we already know the end. Watching it over and over again is not something I'm probably going to do. Having it watched once in the cinema, I will most likely watch it again once it's out on the streaming platforms. But if we compare it to like Interstellar or Inception, all these great films, the Batman trilogy, would I go out and watch it multiple times like I have done with these other movies? The answer is no. But is it worth a watch? The answer is yes. Next, we have Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. So is an upcoming Netflix 
anime which promises to tell the story of everyone's favorite deadbeat Canadian in a refreshing new way. The animated series plans to improve on past attempts to attack the story. And the best part is all the previous cast members are coming back to voice their roles, with the writers and the producers promising more depth to the characters, meaning the actors will have more to play with. I mean, the first episode is set to release on uh, the 17th of November 2023. I actually wasn't a massive Scott Pilgrim vs. The World fan. I did watch it like when it first came out and haven't really watched it since. So maybe re-watching it, I would have a different perspective. And it's something I will watch before the series come out just for a level of appreciation. But yeah, I wasn't part of that cult that really liked it and was really into it. Not me. So I'm excited to see the anime. Excited to see um, Netflix have a go at it. Uh, and it is something I will watch. But I don't have a lot to say in terms of, you know, expectations or anticipation for it on my side. However, looking at what's been released online and seeing some of the comments around this, there is quite a big buzz around it. It seems that Scott Pilgrim versus the world had actually quite a really big community of fans uh, and a huge fan base so if you're one of those fans let me know below and tell me why i you know why i missed out basically um but yeah one to watch out for in november it's coming out on netflix so that's your news now the trailers we've been catching up with this week there's a few trailers that have been released some we've watched and we're not really going to talk about it today because it's not necessary but there are a few trailers that we've caught up with this week. A trailer that we have watched is called Still Up. Now, it's a new series on Apple TV, which follows the story of two friends who can't sleep at night and basically call each other and come alive in the evening. The trailer shows that they're best friends. They have respective partners that seem to not be too happy with their friendship because they have this whole life outside of them the moment they fall asleep because these two share the fact that they can't sleep. It was a very lighthearted trailer. Cute is the word I will use. However, it seems very predictable in what we can expect from this series. I'm going to shoot it in the dark. It's not out yet. My anticipation is that these two characters at some point down the line are going to figure out that they're magically in love with each other, have always been in love with each other, and it took their partners to get annoyed about their friendship for them to find out. If it doesn't go down that line, I will be very pleasantly surprised because it would be great to see someone capture a friendship that is just a friendship and not someone secretly longing for their best friend. However, that's not the impression i get from the trailer it also does feel like the trailer has given away the complete storyline but it does feel fun it feels like i said cute so maybe worth a watch and that will be released on apple tv on the 22nd of september i had to look at my notes there but it'll be released on the 22nd of september now one of the things i do like about the show is it stars antonia thomas who was in Misfits way back when I was a teenager and it was one of my, you know, I won't say favorite shows, but definitely one at the time that made a lot of noise. Um, so to see her, you know, in something new is pretty good. Another trailer to talk about this week is Goosebumps. Now, Goosebumps was one of my all-time favorite books as a kid. And however, I've grown up to actually not like 
anything scary or jumpy or horrors in general and the trailer just off the bat just ticked off all those boxes and i was like oh okay however as it developed the trailer did start to develop a little bit of the storyline a little bit more just kind of show where the series is gonna go it does feel very typical teen horror style which i guess makes sense considering the books were children books you know them targeting a teen demographic makes sense however it doesn't feel new it feels like things we've seen before specifically with like riverdale um fear street which we saw on netflix which were all these films which kind of capture this your parents did something in the past now there's a curse that's your parents fault so, but we're gonna pick on you because of it still looks really interesting one that i would either watch or wait for someone i know to watch and tell me the level of scariness i guess is the right word and then get stuck into it uh but i'm excited that you know goosebumps are releasing a you know a series why not why the heck not and that's coming to disney on the 13th of october now we've got some cinema releases that are coming out so the first one you've got is dumb money so that's coming out on the 22nd of september it seems like it's going to be a little bit down the line of the big short follow that same sort of type of film which i don't mind i actually am a fan of the big short i like those type of movies so i don't necessarily have a problem with that but it does feel like this is being tackled in exactly the same way so not sure if it's gonna offer anything new however one i will watch just not sure if i'll watch it in cinema so if someone goes to watch it next week let me know if it's worth paying and going out and watching it you know in cinema or just waiting for it to come out on the streaming channels uh, but I will definitely watch it. Just not sure I'm watching it on the cinema. Then we have Expandable 4s. To be honest, I didn't even know they were still making these films. I am not a fan. There's a number four. So I'm assuming there are fans out there. I'm just simply not one of them. So I'm not going to comment on it. But it is coming out on the 22nd. There are three older films. So feel free to go ahead and check that out. Obviously, everyone knows the actors in this are huge. So, you know, I guess they want to keep making movies and Expandable keeps coming out. So clearly there's a demographic and a fan base for it. It's just not me. If you've seen it and you think I'm chatting absolute baloney, you know, let me know. I might go back and try and watch it again. We'll see. Uh, but yes, number four is out. And then we have The Haunting in Venice. So that's just been released on the 15th of september so a couple of days ago um and it's doing pretty well in the box office actually it's doing better than the previous uh two movies that have come out which is death on the nile and the murder on oriental express and i actually watched both films i'm like the movies i like the whole murder mystery um theme that they have going on i'm actually quite a big fan watching the trailer for the haunting in venice seems like they've completely changed the genre going more into a i guess mystery horror type theme which is great because they're going to capture a brand new demographic however they might lose fans like myself who are not very much into the horror space um i'm actually i actually do want to watch it like it looks like it could be interesting enough and have enough of a storyline that it is interesting however just from the trailer alone i can tell there are going to be quite a few jump scares 
there's definitely an element of uh i guess um spirit and paranormal activity which i am 100 percent not a fan of however it does look pretty interesting so i'm almost 50 50 i definitely definitely want to watch it but i'm almost i'm also very hesitant to watch it because of the type of films that i enjoy this is another one that i might wait till it's out on streaming only because it means i can press pause take a break i can watch some cartoons <laughs> after it um i might not go watch it in cinema not because i don't think it's worth it but just because i don't want to be scared in front of other people basically um but definitely one that looks to be doing pretty well so want to check out so what's happening in the box office this week so we now got our top five box office uh films based on the weekend of the 8th and 10th of september so in first place we've got the nun at number one the nun two uh which at the moment has done a total gross of 42 million and has only been released for one week so that's that's some really good indication of i guess what the film is going to deliver second place we've got the equalizer free which has done a total gross of 56 million and also has only been released for two weeks so also doing some really good numbers there in third place we have my big fat greek wedding three uh, which has done a total gross of 14 million and has also only been going for one week as a complete side note to this i don't know why a third movie has been made I watched number one when I was a kid, loved it as a kid, never seen number two, and now there's a number three, which just makes you question who keeps making these movies and why are they making them? Surely no one remembers the first one enough to actually want a number three. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day with uh, some guys talking about the poster for this movie, uh, which made me go look at the poster and it's actually brilliant, like the Photoshop and just... How bad the poster is, is quite comical. Um, one of the comments that was made is like, you've got these old people who've been photoshopped to look really young with the face structure of really old people. And when you go back and look at the poster, it's exactly that. Um, so yeah, go, go check out that poster. But hey, it's done 14 million. So, you know, who, who am I to say anything? And if people are still watching it, you know, crack on, keep, keep making movies and someone someone will watch it. In fourth place, we have J1. Uh, it's done 9.7 million so far. And number five is Barbie. So Barbie is still at number five with a 622 million gross revenue. So it's doing really well. Obviously, it started to climb down, but, you know, solid number five. Yeah, why not? Uh, be really interesting to see where it is next week on this list if it is on this list as it has been going for eight weeks so uh yeah let's see where where barbie goes to next so let's just jump straight into our retro reels our oldie but goodie for the week is the classic the early 2000 gem that is the gladiator my name is maximus decimus meridius Commander of the armies of the North, General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. And what a film 
it is. It's been 23 years since it's released, and it's still phenomenal till this day. If you haven't seen it, go go watch it. Uh, there might be some spoilers in what I'm just about to say. So if you don't want spoilers because you're going to go watch it, just, just pause this video and come back You know, in about three hours once it's done. Um, but what a fantastic film. So it just follows the storyline of a Roman general who basically gets sold into a slave trade because of the jealousy of the emperor's son. The emperor's son is so jealous of the relationship between his father and this Roman general that basically he kills his dad yes kills his dad and then tells this commander this general that he has to serve under him and he says no he says i'd like to go see my wife and kids i've i've served my time i've served the the kingdom i don't want to be involved anymore to which this new emperor's response is to kill him uh but because he's a g he escapes of course he does no one expected him to not escape but when getting home, he sees that both his wife and son has been killed, leaving him absolutely distraught, uh, which is when he's picked up uh, by, uh, I, I guess you could say, these people who sell humans to sell him into the slave trade, uh, which he sold to become a gladiator. He begins to fight in these battles, in these gladiator matches, and quickly sort of starts to climb um, in fame amongst the people because obviously he's really, really good. Until he gets to the point where he's fighting in front of the emperor who basically killed his wife and kid. And his first approach is to kill him, but holds back um, until the end where they basically have this amazing fight, the two of them. But the emperor is obviously a coward, which is shown by his previous actions during the movie. So he stabs this commander before they go out into the arena meaning he's not his full strong self is actually obviously performing at a much lower uh, let's say capacity because he's been stabbed before the fight right uh, and they get out into the arena i mean he still wins of course he still wins because you know cowards don't win um of course he still wins um but you know the ending of the film is is really really sad or really, really happy because he gets to go back to his wife and son. Depending on your approach on life, you will decide whether that film is a, is a happy ending or a sad ending. However, it is a fantastic film. The actors are brilliant. You've got, obviously, Russell Crowe, a much younger, much younger Russell Crowe, but still fantastic Russell Crowe. And we also have Joaquin Phoenix, who is so, so good in his role. So, so good. Uh, he plays the son, the new emperor, and honestly, what a fantastic job he does. So, I mean, to kick off an oldie but goodie with the gladiator does just set the bar extremely high for any film to come. But it was a it was a really good one to rewatch. So, uh, yeah, go watch that if you haven't. And if you have, just let me know your favorite scene. And obviously, we like to just talk about what we're currently watching. What is taking up our screen times? And if I'm honest... There is a lot of things I'm watching and to talk about them all right this second would be a very, very, very long episode. So we're not going to do that. But I will talk about two shows that I've started watching uh, this week, actually. And so far, it's going pretty good. So the first one is The Bear. Now, The Bear, I was, I've, I've known about it for some time and I've been hesitant to watch it because the explanation has always been, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a cooking 
it's a kitchen and it's about a restaurant and it's running a restaurant, but it's really, really good. And that was kind of the gist of it. Um, but watching it so far, episode one, so, so good. So, 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 so good. I am really, really enjoying the, uh, I guess the direction, the, for the episodes, some of the angles, some of the shots that is being done, really, really captivating. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it in, in a little bit, but a really big fan of it at the moment. So the first episode is, is, is this guy, Karen. He, from what I'm understanding so far, he's been left behind his brother's uh, restaurant, which he used to run with his brother-in-law, who is really not happy that the restaurant got left to Karen and not him. Karen has a really fancy um, education when it comes to cuisine. The cousin doesn't, and that causes a lot of friction this first episode. So, like, there's, like, a moment where you can see Karen is 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 demanding his knife because he needs his knife to cook, and everyone's around and, and ignoring him, like, obviously ignoring him, showing that, basically, there's, there's no appreciation for his knowledge. There's no appreciation for whatever he's trying to do in the restaurant. And then as he's zooming in, the camera just focuses on his knife that looks like it's been hidden behind like a tray um and he's just like fuming you think he's about to blow but he holds his cool um, and there's these really special moments in the episode where they do that really well where we can see Carmen is focusing on something and they use the cinematography to to fit uh to sort of zoom in on that as well and it works really 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 well um and yeah, the, the first episode is kind of just introducing us to that storyline, introducing to why is he there? What's he doing there? What's his relationship to the restaurant? Starting to introduce as well a few of the other characters that work there in the kitchen and sort of what their roles are. Um, and the first episode just sort of ends with the, the restaurant being really busy with these characters who have turned up for food um, and Carmen's sort of really struggling to find his own here, trying to, to bring his knowledge, his experience into the kitchen whilst fighting with cousin who really doesn't want to let him do that. Um, so far, so good. I'm actually halfway through episode two, which is again, really interesting again. I'm really, really surprised. I'm enjoying it as much as I am, uh, but we'll talk about episode two um, next week. But so far, pretty good, pretty good. And the other one I'm watching right now is the other black girl, which is on Apple TV. Uh, this one I came across by accident. I was doing some research for the show um, and this came up and it's actually an adaptation of a novel. Um, and it seems to have a pretty decent fan base, actually, in terms of um, what's expected of the novel and the series. Um, trying to not do too much research into this because I don't want to see the ending. It looks like all the, the entire season was released in one go and there's already some articles talking about the ending. So I don't really want to get too much into research to find out more about the fan base of this series. Um but the first episode so far, again, pretty good. I didn't have any expectations going in. I actually thought it was going to be a comedy. Uh, it doesn't position itself that way just yet. I, I Obviously, I can't speak about later episodes, but the first episode hasn't positioned itself as a comedy. Um, so far, it's the story of uh, a lady who works in PR, in uh, book publishing, and she's the only black girl in the office, everybody else is white. And she's sort of just navigating life around that when eventually they hire another black gal. And as anyone who has experienced that before, 
She was very excited by the fact that there was someone she could relate to, someone else who might understand some of her day-to-day struggles, and they very, very quickly form a friendship. Until the end of the episode where, like, the girl tells her, listen, listen, like, speak your mind. There's a book, and basically the book requires some feedback, which she was very honest about, and the editor-in-chief basically said, do not speak your mind. No one wants to hear what you got to say about that. Just tell, tell the author it was good. Don't risk, you know, upsetting the author. We need this book. So she leaves the the office almost kind of upset by being told she's not allowed to share her opinion. But then she speaks to this new black girl about it. And this girl tells her, listen, I got your back. Listen, if you want to speak up, I got you. Do it. The moment you need me, I'm there for you. Which, you know, considering they just met, it's a lot. And what happens is there is a launch party for this author and the new girl invites the old girl into a conversation saying, you know, you she had some thoughts on the book. And then the editor-in-chief is watching her like, hey, don't don't go all out. Don't 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 tell him what you told me. But she does. She tells him, listen, I think your book is really stereotypical of black women. I think it's actually really dangerous. And I think the character is being portrayed in a really bad light. And the author basically turns to the new girl and says, what do you think? And despite her earlier in the episode saying, listen, girl, I got your back through you. I'm a, I'm a come through. She backs out of it and goes, no, no, it's great. I think it's fantastic. I need to reread it again to, to really, you know, understand my stance on it. However, I think it's great. And then obviously the old girl is just looking at her like, yo, you told me you were going to back it and you didn't. What's going on? The editor-in-chief basically says, listen, you need to come to my office tomorrow morning. Um, and it's a whole thing. So, so far, it, it's, it's set the tone for pretty well, actually. Um, yeah, it set the, the, the tone quite nicely. Um, and there are these, these really, these bits in the episode, which the, the, the main character, the original girl, is almost experiencing these paranormal activities you know she's seeing things on the screen that's not there seeing things in the elevator in the lift that's not there and there's like this dream at the beginning of the episode which is why i'm like okay this isn't really framed as a comedy so i'm not entirely sure what to expect here but like i said i've done no research really on this show haven't watched any trailers i've just gone straight into the first episode so you know maybe it was explained that this is not a comedy and i'm just being oblivious to it all but so far really good episode would actually recommend based on just the first episode to go watch it um uh, next week we'll, we'll, we'll do a little roundup on what's happening in, in episode two but episode one absolute thumbs up but based on those things we've seen this week what are the scene stealers so just looking at three scenes uh in those shows in the gladiator which we just kind of feel yes this this was fantastic um and we kick it off with a bear so like I mentioned a li- little while ago, the bear, some really, really good shots. I, I The concept of, of what it's doing, um, I could be completely wrong, but the perception that I un- I get is that anytime uh, the character Carmen is focused on something, the camera focuses in as well, sort of showing what he's actually paying attention to. And there's this scene sort of 11 minutes in where cousin is just shouting at him and going at him, speaking a million words an hour, and the camera is focused on him chopping up these vegetables, and you don't see anything else but the vegetables, and it just focuses on that. And you think, 
that as a scene, like what's it, it's just vegetables, but actually it works really, really, really well. And when you start to factor in the other framework that's happening, the other elements when it's being focused in, you start to realize it's almost capturing what the what the character is focusing on in that moment. Um, so I thought that was really powerful. I thought that was actually really, really powerful. And it starts to kind of almost assist in us understanding the character better, that his focus is food. His focus is the restaurant. His focus is on everything that's going to take it to the next level. Um, and I thought that was a really powerful way to do that. Now, the other black girl, the scene for me is the opening scene. It shows a scene of something that looks to have happened on the train uh, many, many, many moons ago. And that person is in the office. They open the office. And instead of, you know, ending up where they're meant to in the office, they step onto a train, which I think is a really fantastic transition. Um, just, you know, how it's been done, how it's been portrayed, fantastic. She didn't on this train is then it's a really dark theme like everything like the lights are twickering and there's a lot sort of going on but then there's all these people on the train watching her and staring her down and then as something is about to happen it shoots to the present day so there's still not a lot of explanation around what that is just yet but as again the framing for what happens later in 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 the episode where we start to see these character what well, this character on the screen and you know in the reflection of the lift it kind of gives some indication maybe of what could happen maybe there's some paranormal activity happening maybe it's uh, an alter ego of the main character that's sort of coming into herself based on the new experiences that she's having um i'm actually interested so we'll see but that first scene really good really really interesting especially as it sets the frame for the remainder of the episode. So fantastic. And the last scene, which is in the gladiator. Now, the gladiator as a whole, the whole film could be a fantastic scene. And there are many, many scenes which you could capture. But my favorite scene, it's when Aurelius and Commodus, so the emperor and his son, are having a conversation. And Commodus, the son, basically says, why don't you love me? Like, dad... I'm your son. I'm your blood. Why don't you love me? And the dad basically says, look, the kingdom is going to Maximus, the commander. He's going to be king, not you. Basically, you're a disappointment, son. And I don't want you to have my kingdom. It was a very, very, very frank conversation between father and son. And the son did not like the conversation. So he tells his dad, dad, embrace me. And when he does, he kills his dad. He suffocates him with a pillow and then calls everybody, my dad, my dad, he's dead. Phenomenal scene. Now, you know it's a good scene when you hate the actor. When the actor has done such a phenomenal job that you actually can't help but dislike him because he's embodied that character and everything that that character is. And you're like, oh, I can't believe you're this much of a douche like you can't believe this is you this is really what you are but Joaquim again what a fan he played this role so 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 well because that particular scene is only in the beginning of the ep on, of, only in the beginning of the film and actually as a character he progressively becomes worse and there's these lazy interactions between him and his sister and what an absolute phenomenal performance by 
uh, Joaquin. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and but this this particular scene for me was it's just they're all great. Honestly, they're all great. But this one, just because of how much you go on to dislike that character and dislike the association with that character, just shows just how much of a phenomenal job the actor did. Um, and and he did fantastic scene fantastic scene um so the recommendations for this week oh there's so many there's so many things we could recommend there's so many things for you to go watch every week something comes out i can't promise it's good but every week there's something new to watch so one that is uh, maybe it's marketing but it's coming up a lot in our research um i haven't watched it quite yet it is on my list it's a million miles away which has just come out on amazon prime with michael pena Seems to follow the storyline of an astronaut and what happened with that. Uh, it's a PG, so if you've got kids, family, that's that's a good one to kind of sit down and watch with the kids. Um, but yeah, that that's it really. Yeah, it's a good one to sit down and watch with the kids. Uh, we've got it on our list to to, to catch up, uh, but but no real sort of overview on that film yet if you have, haven't watched it. The next one is Sex Education Season 4, so, and it's now available on Netflix. Um, so if you are a sex ed fan and you've watched all the past seasons, uh, it's a new one for you to go catch up on. We've also have The Wilderness. So The Wilderness is a new one on Amazon Prime and it's actually on our list of shows that we're watching. So we'll go into a little bit more on it next week, just as a little bit of an overview. But one that is also in the UK top 10 at the moment. So definitely worth going to check it out. And another one which we've actually have a top 10 of the first episode released as an episode is Top Boy Summer House. So they've released the new season of Top Boy last weekend um, and it's doing really well. It's currently number 10 in the UK. Uh, if you are going to watch Top Boy and you've never watched it before, please begin with Summer House. You must understand the context of the characters so that you can really, really enjoy the new seasons, which is the ones that have been funded by Drake, no other. So um yeah go back watch summer house it's only four episodes in each season so eight episodes total for you to be caught up with everything that you need to know and then go ahead and watch the new one but yes new season is out some really good feedback on that so uh and it seems like the internet is going crazy trying to figure out who killed a particular character um so yeah go 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 watch that go join in and uh figure out who who killed the person that died <laughs> and lastly we do a weekly bonus Real Good Roulette. So Real Good is an app that we use and it does a roulette, which it picks a film for us. So there will be a bonus episode coming in a couple of days, which we watch the film from that roulette and just give you a little bit of an overview and say whether it's a flop, whether it's hot and whether you should go watch it. So watch for, out for that in a couple of days. But if you do want to watch along with us and you do want to follow along, the film that has been picked for us to watch this week is called All Who Loved Her. Now, for context, I haven't researched the film. I don't know anything about it. It could end up being in horror, which I will absolutely hate. But I know nothing about what it is. I'm purposefully not researching, not looking into it. I don't want to watch a trailer. I'm just going to take the roulette. I'm going to watch it and then pay for the consequences with my time and energy in watching the show, film, whatever it is at that time. Um, so, yeah. This week's one is All Who Loved Her. Go check that out. I actually don't know where it streams. I have no idea because, like I said, I haven't looked into it yet. Uh, it was picked before we started filming this episode. 
So, well, let you know next week where we watched it, how we found it, and how uh, whether it sucked or not. <laughs> but that's it for today. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you settled in. We hope you enjoyed the quality time that we've just spent together. Um, and yeah, thank you for rocking with No Say Weekly. Ciao for now. See you next week. Connect with us on social media and let us know your thoughts on today's episode. We really do want to hear from you. So tell us about this episode or the next episode. Whichever episode you want to leave a comment on, do that. Share the podcast with someone who also likes TV and movies. And really, who doesn't? So share it with everybody. And we'll catch you next time. So uh, see you next episode. Have fun. Ciao for now. <laughs>